Hey, this is Melvin from the Joy in the Midst of the Storm podcast. As always, I hope you guys are having a blessed evening. This week's Bible study will be just a little bit different. We were not able to record a live stream because I am currently out of town due to a death in the family. So what you will hear is a Bible study from our most recent Zoom Bible study this past Monday. If you want to join our Zoom Bible studies, the link will be in the description. The topic is the foolishness of preaching. It's a great lesson, and I hope you guys get something from it. Love you guys and stay strong in the Lord. What's going on? Hey. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good to see you guys again. Hopefully you guys are having a wonderful day. Sorry we got started a little late. Um, But nevertheless, we are here uh, and we will carry on. So tonight we are going to come from the book of 1 Corinthians and the first chapter. And we're going to... Uh, we'll actually start with verse 21 uh, as we talk about this topic tonight. So that's 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. Uh, and we will go back. I just kind of want to introduce the topic in verse 21. We're talking about the foolishness of preaching. And so I know not not super long ago, I was having a conversation with someone and they began to talk about how uh, they were wanting to see a godly life lived amongst uh, the rich, the famous, uh, the people who were extremely prosperous, celebrities, all, all sorts of people that you can find on TV Uh, you know, in mainstream news, we want to see someone living a true godly life in those people. And so I wanted to look at uh, some things along along that line tonight. So we're going to pick up 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21 here. Uh, So let's see what he says. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Now, we find out the world, by its worldly wisdom, did not know God. And the world is the exact people that we're looking at to learn about God. We're looking to the world. We're looking to someone who's rich, to someone in some high position to teach us about God. We're not going to the people who can actually help us. When I, when I began to think about this story, my mind went to uh, Lazarus and the rich man and how the rich man, this man has found himself. He opened his eyes in hell. And now he's asking Lazarus for help. He's asking, the roles have reversed now. The roles have completely reversed. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. The roles have reversed. We're talking about the foolishness of preaching. And so my mind went to Lazarus and the rich man. And I began to think about If anyone, just about anyone, 
if they had seen a rich man and a poor homeless man, this poor man, we are so much more likely to listen for any type of advice. It doesn't matter what it's about. It can be about cars. It can be about TV. It can be about, I mean, anything in the world. It can be any topic whatsoever. We are far more likely to pay attention to the words of the rich man opposed to the words of the poor man. You know, I was talking to someone and they, and they, they brought up a point. Um, and, I, and I have noticed this. A lot of times when people try to get someone to buy uh, some type of merchandise, it could be shoes, it could be a clothing line, uh, it can be a line of hats, it can be whatever. It can be a line of cars, vehicles, whatever it is. It could be uh, a line of guns because, you know, people like to hunt. It could be whatever. One way for someone to get people to buy it is to put someone famous in a commercial and say, you know what? Uh, <laughs> Tom Brady, he uses this. He uses this cologne. He uses this deodorant. And that makes people feel good because they say, Tom Brady uses this. They say, oh, my favorite uh, singer uses this. My favorite actor, they use this. So that makes us feel good. What, it makes a difference what level of status a person has. And so I began to look at this. Uh, read this verse again for me. First uh, Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. We're looking at the world for this wisdom. We think that these people, the famous actor, the, the, the celebrity, whatever it is, whoever it is, a superstar, we're looking at them for so much wisdom. And sure, they might have some earthly wisdom, but they don't know God. They don't know God, but we'll look to them for godly wisdom. I listened to not that long ago. I listened to Magic Johnson. He he goes to I don't I don't even know what church it is, uh, but he was he attends some church, and the preacher called him up to speak. Now I know why he did it because it's Magic Johnson. That's why he called him up there to speak because it's someone who people are willing to listen to. Now, they don't, people have no idea whether Magic Johnson knows God or not. West Anfield, Church of God in Christ. That, that's right. It was a Church of God in Christ. That's right. Yep, you are so right. Yeah, it was a Church of God in Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, but people don't care whether Magic Johnson knows God or not, but people are willing to listen just because of who he is. People are willing to listen. People say, you know what, I want to go. I want to go hear what he has to say. And so this is what happens in the world that we live in. 
But now just because someone is good at basketball, that doesn't mean they know God. But we'll act as if they do. We'll say, you know what? Magic said that people will run with it. Just because it's someone famous. I think you get caught up in the prosperity and that's what he spoke a lot about, too. But I'm not even trying to get into all of that. But that's what we're looking for. So we find here the world, by his worldly wisdom, they didn't know God. Go ahead, Mary. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. It pleased God. The world that we live in it's about pleasing God. It's not about pleasing self. We think God is out to please me. <laughs> That's how we think about things. Well, God wouldn't put me in that situation because he, what we're really thinking is because he wants to please me. Because God wants to keep me comfortable. God wants to keep me in this condition when it's self-wanting that condition. But we've gotten it twisted. So he said, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. Now, preachers, if the preacher is preaching godly truth, they're going to teach some foolish things. Because when you hear it, the flesh in you is going to say, now, that just doesn't make sense. I don't get why it has to be that way. Now, that just doesn't add up. Now, I don't believe God is saying that the foolishness of preaching. We're looking to the celebrities. We're looking to all of these people. Why? Because to us, they're speaking something that makes sense. We say they got to know what they're talking about. Look at their position in the world. Look at their position. So I want to go back up. I want to go back up to verse 19. Oh, hold on. I, I cut you off. I said, did we create our own gods? So the like, court, oh, you can go ahead. So like, I guess what we think God should be, but if he's not like that, is it like us creating our own God? Of course, because we want God to be a certain way. And so really what happens is we want to be God. We, huh? We want to be God. Because what we want, we automatically say, this is what God wants. You know, it's, it's amazing how God always wants exactly what Tony wants. It's amazing how God always seems to want what Kiara wants. You know, it's just so, it's something about how God just wants everything Casey wants. This is what we do, though. We say, if he loves me, then he wouldn't say no to my desires. Because it's not hurting nobody. This is the way I feel that it should be done. But we don't understand. We call it foolishness. You know, we think it'd be foolish for God to say no to us. We think it'd be foolish for God to say no. So, yeah, we, we make ourselves God. We try to. Because the one who we listen to is self. Uh, we mentioned it uh, some time back. You know, however your body feels, we respond to it. 
if your stomach begins to growl, you know what we do? We feed it. If our body gets cold, we put a jacket on. We turn the heat up. If we get hot, we turn the air up. We listen to our flesh all the time. But when it comes to God, we don't listen to him. That's why the scripture said they worship and serve the, cre the creature more than the creator. We'll listen to Magic Johnson over God. We'll listen to all types of people over God. But especially ourselves. It starts with ourselves. That's why he said we must deny ourselves. But now, let, let's get back to where we are. So let's go to verse 19, and we'll come back down. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. He said, it is written, I'm going to destroy the wisdom of the wise. Now we look at all the famous people, all the celebrities, all the people who have have a level of success, you say, you know, that person's wise. They know what they're talking about. They would not have made it to where they are if they didn't know what they were talking about. How did they become so successful in the world? That's what we look at. And so somewhere within us, we say, surely this person has to be doing what God says. They have to be, because why? Are they so blessed in the world? See, we forget about the fact that the rich man went to hell. I'm not saying all rich people go to hell. But we forget about the story of us reading the rich man going to hell. Because we automatically assume they have to be wise. They must know what they're talking about. Let's read, Mel. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? God has made foolish the wisdom of this world. Some of the things that we say, you know, that's smart. That's the wise thing to do. God said, that's foolish. He said, no, that's foolish. And we don't even understand that. You know, we're looking to famous people to learn about God. We think that's wise because we look at the nice house they have, the nice clothes they wear, the words that they use. We say, wow, that person can really give a speech. We say, wow, they're, they're so articulate with their, man, they have such amazing word choice. And we're looking at all the wrong things. And God is calling us foolish. Go ahead, man. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God is going to use preachers. And the preacher is going to preach something foolish. But if we would look into it, God would make it make sense to us. My mind goes back to uh, Noah and how he preached that the whole world would flood. People thought that was foolish. 
But now we don't totally understand the context of that because to us, we've seen rain. We've seen hurricanes. We've seen places flood. Now we haven't seen the whole world flood, but we can at least get an idea of a flood. Now these people couldn't see it at all because they had never seen rain. So God sent Noah to preach a gospel that they could not even slightly see. And you know what happens today? The same thing happens. People say, I just don't see that. You know, that just doesn't make sense to me. It's foolish. When you go back and look at John the Baptist, he came here preaching a foolish gospel. He came here, and we might go and pick him up, so I won't get too much in him. We might go and pick that up. Let's, let's keep reading down here. Uh, drop down to drop down to verse 25. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. The foolishness of God is wiser than men. We look at whatever God tells us. See, we can look at how God told us to love our enemy. Now, you know, if, if the world hears that, now the world might say that, but in practice, they say that's foolish. You know why? Because we say, if somebody does something to me, I'm going to get them back. Oh, no, I'm going to get them back. If you hit me, he told us, if, if, if they slap you, turn to the other cheek. Let it go. Move on. Don't even hold it against them. Say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We say, now that's foolish. Now that's foolish right there. How, I mean, so many times, I feel like at least it happened so many times, being in school and the bully shows up and somebody knows somebody's about to get picked on. And the person that gets bullied, they can take something from them, they can hit them, whatever the case may be. Your friend standing around when the bully leaves said, man, you know, if that had been me, that had been me, I just, I couldn't take that. I'm, I'm sorry, I just can't take that if that were me now. You know why they said that? Because what happened made the person that was bullied look weak. They said, now that, now they look weak. That's foolishness. They're weak. Parents tell their kids when they go to school, they hit you, hit them back. Because the parent doesn't want the child to appear to be weak. But Jesus, as they hit him, he didn't hit back. They felt he was weak. But to me now, it takes so much more strength to not retaliate. You know, if somebody, if somebody wants to, to joke on a person, talk bad about them, you know, the first thing we do, especially, especially if the joking has went on for a while, you know what you do when you get home? You start trying to think about comebacks. If they say this to me, I'm going to have this ready for them. You start planning what you're going to say because you know if you can just turn that attention off of you, Everybody won't be laughing and pointing at you. 
So you have to get something ready. You don't want to seem weak. It would be foolish for us to just sit there and take it. That would be foolish. So we say, yeah, I'm going to have to have something ready for them. <laughs> so not retaliating is a sign of meekness? It's the sign of strength. It's the sign of godly wisdom. Uh, even in one place, the scripture said, the servant of the Lord must not strive. God's servant. Now, in there, I know he was talking about preachers also, but all of us are supposed to be the servants of God. He said we must not strive, which means to fight. We, can't even, we shouldn't even be fighting one another with our words. Now, we do it. But God's servants shouldn't do that. We don't find Jesus do it. Look at how many times they came to tempt Jesus. We don't see him having a joke on them. We don't see it bringing up all of the things that they wanted to keep hidden, all of their secrets. We didn't see him do that. Bringing up things that they're insecure about. He didn't do it. Let's keep reading here. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Uh, verse 25. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. The things that God tells us to do, even if it makes us look weak, we are stronger as a result of it. We're stronger. Because for us to say, Lord, forgive them, it takes some strength to say that. If somebody, if you know someone has did you wrong intentionally, I'm not talking about somebody mistakenly did you wrong. Now you might have an easier time getting over that. But someone intentionally wrongs you. Somebody would say that's weak. To forgive them when man, they knew what they were doing. You mean to tell me you're going to forgive them? People will talk bad about you. They said, now you weak, you dumb. Now, you're so stupid for that. Ain't no way I would forgive. But that's what God requires. This is what preaching is about. This is a foolish message. But it makes us strong. It makes us wise. Even in weakness. But this is what we're looking for the famous people to tell us. It's not going to happen, though. This is what we're looking for the mighty to tell us. The celebrity, the actor, is not going to happen. Let's read what he said in verse 26. For ye see your calling, brethren. see what God has called us to do. We see this life, the life of doing some things, a lot of things that seem foolish. We see that. This is what God is calling us to do. We see that. Jesus showed us this with his life. He did a lot of things that seemed foolish. He said a lot of things that seemed foolish. You know, I, 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 my mind went back to when Jesus went to the tomb, uh, Lazarus' grave. He went there, I believe it was four days after he had been dead. And they began to talk to him. They said, look, you know, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. You could have did something for him. 
if you had got here early enough, but now it's too late. So he told them, show him to the grave, take him to where Lazarus was buried. And as they got there, Jesus told someone, he said, you know what? Remove the stone out of the way. You know what they said? Now that's foolish. That's what they really said. They said, now that don't make sense. They said, by this point, he already stinks. He, he been dead. It's four days out. This doesn't make sense. This is foolish. Everything he told was foolish at the wedding. They said, we're out of wine. He said, you know what? Fill up these water pots with water. They said, this is foolish, man. What does this have to do with anything? This is water. You know, that's how we, that's how we do. As soon as we find something that God says do, the first thing we do is start thinking with our flesh, with worldly wisdom. We say, that doesn't make sense. Why would God tell us to do that? God wouldn't say that. I just don't believe God would say that. You mean God is going to require me to do that? We say it's foolish. But Paul said, you see your calling. This is what God called you to do. You have to believe in some things that somebody else might say is foolish. It's going to make all the sense in the world if you continue on. He said, if you continue on, then shall you, then you'll know. But we have to continue to know and understand God's wisdom because his wisdom far exceeds ours. Let's, let's keep reading, Mel. Start over in verse 26 for me. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh. There is not many wise men after the flesh. There's not a whole lot of people after the flesh. Uh-huh. Not many mighty, not many noble are called. He said, it's not going to be a whole lot of people at the top of the world. Mighty people, wise people, famous, celebrity, all type of these people that we're looking up to. He said, it's not going to be many of those doing what God told us to do. It's not going to be many. There's the reason Jesus said that about the rich man. He said, how hardly shall they that have riches? It's going to be hard for them because they made it to the top. It's hard for you to listen. It's hard for you to see anything because we have so much earthly wisdom. So he said, not many wise men after the flesh is not going to be many you might find one here or there but just doing what god said do living a true godly life is not going to be many they're not going to follow the true foolish preaching they're not going to follow it go ahead Mill. but god hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. This is what God has chosen. He's chosen some foolish things, things that just don't make sense in our minds. This is what God chose. 
This is God's way of life. God wants to see if we trust him. You know, it's going to take faith to trust in some foolish things. It's going to take faith. You know, when <laughs> Peter went out on water, it took some faith to even start doing it. But now to me, it's going to take even more faith to continue. See, a lot of people start out in God and they might have a little faith, maybe the faith of the grain of a mustard seed. But the problem is we don't increase that faith. The faith, we have to increase our faith in God if we're expecting to endure to the end. And so that's the problem that happens so many times. That's why his disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. Our faith needs to be increased. We're going to have to start believing even those foolish things that God said. We can't just keep believing the things that's easier for us to believe. Oh, man, yeah, I, I agree with that. Because it's a little easier to see. But there are some things in God. It's deeper. And we say, you know, I just don't see why God's saying that. We have to trust the preaching that God sent. So he said, for God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confine the wise. Instead of listening to the preachers that God sent, we want to look to the celebrity. We want to look to the person on the Nike commercial. <laughs> we want to look to the famous athlete. We say, wow, they're such a role model. These are the people that we want to look to. The people riding in the nice cars. And this is where we're messing up at. Because they're teaching a gospel that makes sense. They're teaching it's time to get rich. And that's what we want to hear anyways. We don't want to hear the gospel about how we should live. We say, now that's foolish. See, God doesn't care what I do anyways. I'm already saved. It sounds foolish. Let's go. I want to go to the book of Mark. We might not get to everything, but let's go to the book of Mark, chapter 1. And let's start at verse four here, because I, I want to look again. This is Mark chapter one and verse four. I want to look at someone who God sent and people were going to look at his life. Even we can look at it today and say, no, nah, I just don't get that. <laughs> Mark chapter one and verse four. John did baptize in the wilderness. John did baptize in the wilderness. Now, people today still think it's foolish to be baptized. They think it's foolish. But God sent John for this purpose. It's foolish to people, though. This is foolish. But this is why God sent him. And he was baptizing in the wilderness. He wasn't in the buildings. He wasn't nice and comfortable. 
Somebody said, well, if God sent you, you at least should have been in the building. Don't nobody want to get baptized out there. It's nasty out there. But this is where God sent him. Somebody said, that's foolish. I just don't believe God sent him. You know, Jesus actually had this conversation with some Pharisees. They asked him a question, so he said, let me turn around and ask you a question. Was the baptism of John that God sent him, was it of heaven or was it of men? Did God send him to baptize or was this of men? They couldn't even answer the question. They knew what the answer was, but they didn't answer. They knew, but they thought it was foolish. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. They thought it was foolish. But it was God behind it all along. That's the reason we preach the baptism in Jesus' name so much today. Somebody said it's foolish to keep talking about that. <laughs> As my wife would tell me sometimes, I know other people think the same thing. They talk about the same thing all the time. <laughs> They're saying the same thing. It sounds foolish. But that's what God sent me to do, to teach some foolish things. Because somebody is going to be saved by these foolish things. Somebody's going to say, well, you know, I'd rather listen to, <laughs> I'd rather listen to a big preacher. <laughs> I don't have time to listen to Tony. You know, if, if, <laughs> if, if somebody heard <laughs> that they could listen to T.D. Jakes at the same time this Bible study airs, somebody said, man, I'd rather listen to T.D. Jakes. He know what he's talking about. Tony, he don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Look at TDJ. He got a big church. Look at all the people following him. He went to school. You know, that's the issue they had with Jesus. They asked, where did this man learn all of this wisdom? From God. That's where he learned it. They said, where did he learn all this wisdom? He didn't go to school for this. But that's what we're looking for. We're looking for somebody with the degrees. Somebody that says, I'm a doctor. <laughs> I have my PhD. You know, that's what people are looking for. We respect those people more. But we have straight away, we don't understand the wisdom of God. We, we actually talked about this same thing. I think that was last week. When the poor man, he delivered this city. But after the people were delivered, they no longer thought about him because he was poor. If he were a rich man, people would listen to him. See, money makes people listen. I see it all the time. See, I work for somebody who is a multi-million uh, dollar person. I mean, I don't even know all the assets that this man has, but just from what I see, if I only had just from what I see of him, I would be rich. I don't even know all the stuff he has, though. Multiple stores, store bringing in over $100,000 a week. And that's just the one store. That's just one store. There's sometimes they have days where they bring in $100,000. Days. 
Not a whole week. Sometimes they have days. This is a consistent thing. And what I notice is if this man speaks, everybody listens. If he speaks, everybody pays attention. Now, if I say something, <laughs> people might keep walking. <laughs> but now this man has something to say. You know, something I noticed when the person who owns a business, when a person is successful, when a person is the boss of something, you know, people, they are willing to take a lot of stuff from them, stuff that that person will say to them. If somebody else said it, they would have a problem with it. But the, this person who is the boss, people will let them get away with stuff. It's like he never even said it. I mean, this person can curse them out. And you don't see them frown. You don't see them do anything. But now if somebody else curses them, <laughs> they're ready to fight. But it's because of the position. They respect that position. This is how people are. We respect the position. There's a reason we slow down when we see, po when we see the police officer, because we respect that position. You don't slow down when you see it's a normal car. There's been times that I've sped before. And I thought it was a police officer. And I slowed down. And you know what happened when I seen it wasn't an officer? <laughs> Speed back up again. Because of the position. Now, I try not to do that anymore. <laughs> but it's the position that we're respecting. But when it comes to God, we have to learn, we have to have respect for all. We have to respect all people because we don't know who God has chose. We don't know who God has chose. We can find out if we look at their actions. But the thing is, we're easily fooled because we're just looking at success, worldly success, to determine if God chose that person or not. That's all we look at. That's why they didn't remember anything about the poor man because he didn't have any worldly success. They said, man, he don't even have a nice car. What can he tell me? He don't even have a nice car. Man, you haven't been to school. What can you tell me? You didn't get a college degree. What do you think you know? That's the issue we have in the world. But in the church, I want to make sure we don't have that problem. So let's finish this up here. Uh, let's go ahead in verse four again. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Mm -hmm. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. Go ahead, man. And John was clothed with camel's hair. Now, Somebody would look at this man and say, this is foolish. He's out baptizing in the wilderness and somebody's going to look at his clothes because we like when people dress nice. <laughs> we like when people dress nice. See, there's some times where I might not wear something my wife wants me to wear and she might get on to me about that because of we want 
a certain appearance. But now look at what this man was wearing. And John was clothed with camel's hair. Now, I know, we know. Now we're not walking around, walking around wearing camel's hair today. <laughs> we're not walking around with it. I can guarantee you somebody would say that's foolish. Why did God have him out there wearing camel's hair? I can't say why God chose this for him. I don't know. But I know we look at it as foolish. I don't know why God had him go in this way. But I know we would say it's foolish. And somebody's going to look at him and say, nah, nah, that's just not God. When they're used to people being like a Pharisee, having the certain attire on and having whatever, you know, especially uh, in our uh, time, and I'm sure they had it then. You know, we have symbols of our ed education. We get a degree. And when you get that degree, we get a plaque to put up on our wall. You know, we want people to see that. We want people to see when we have a certain level of success. And so maybe God wanted them to not look at this man, but to look at the God in him. Because we get caught up on looking at people when people have a certain appearance. If you come to my place and all I have is all of my accomplishments all over the place, you say, wow, Tony, you're so great. You did all of this, huh? And it's no more about God. It's just about me. Maybe God wanted him to show God. He said, look, look at what he said in verse 3. Go up to verse 3 for me, Mel. Actually, let's start at 2. Let's go back. Let's go to 2. As it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face. Now, it's written in the Old Testament, God is going to send his messenger before Jesus came. Go ahead, Mel. Which shall prepare the way before thee. To prepare the way. This is the way. That's why God sent him like that. Because this is the way Jesus came. Jesus didn't come here having to dress fancy. He didn't come here and made it all about his appearance. He didn't come here for that. He didn't come here to dwell in the fancy places. He said the son of man doesn't have anywhere to lay his head. He didn't come here for that reason. So to set the pathway, John the Baptist came the same way. Go ahead, Mel. The voice of one crying in the wilderness he didn't recognize himself. He was a voice. See, you know what we want to be today? We want to have our own voice. We want people to know this is Tony. You know, that's what happened at the Tower of Babel. What did they want to make for themselves? A name. They wanted to make a name. If you go back and read it, they wanted to make a name for themselves. And that's what we do. We get caught up on our own name. 
We want, it's not about the voice of God. It's not about God's name. It's about Tony's name. It's all about my name. You see my name everywhere as if I'm somebody big. That's what people do with their name. They want everybody to see their name as if their name is so important. We don't promote God's name that way though. We'll take our name and put it on every single thing we own. Put our name on the TV, put our name on the couch, put our name on the car. I seen a man ride, <laughs> man had his name on his windshield. We want everyone to know about our name, not about God's name. So he said the voice of one crying in the wilderness, it wasn't about him. He didn't, nothing he did was about him. He was just a voice. He was just a follower. If only we decided, you know, I'm just going to be a follower of Christ. I'm going to speak what he tells me to speak. That's what Jesus did. The word that he spoke was from his father. Go ahead, man. We got to finish this up. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Make his path straight. Now let's go back down to verse six where we were. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins. Mm -hmm. And he did eat locusts and wild honey. Now, we know he could have ate some better things than that. Now, he had the opportunity to eat better things than locusts and wild honey. Now, I don't know why he chose to do it. But he made of himself the same way Jesus did. He made of himself no reputation. He humbled himself. People aren't going to want to hear what a person that looks like this has to say. He said, man, I want to hear somebody else. <laughs> somebody that can speak way better. This man stutters. He, he, he's messing up on his work. You know, that's what Moses was afraid of. He was afraid because he told God he doesn't speak well. But God said, look, I created you. I chose you. God chose us for a reason. No matter what issue we feel we have, God still chose us. We have to remember that even if somebody else tries to make us feel bad about the problem we have. God created me this way though. He chose me for his purpose. That means something. We, we should feel honored that God called us because we just read in Corinthians, he said, not many of those other people are called, but he called you. He didn't call all these other people that we see on TV, that we see over here, over there. A lot of those people he didn't call for the purpose that he called us for, because he knows they're not going to do it. But those of us who have humbled ourselves, he knows we'll get the job done. So we're looking at a man in John. It was easy to, for him to humble himself. See, because God couldn't get us in certain clothes. We say, I'd be embarrassed to wear that. People are going to talk about me. My clothes don't look that good. We'd be embarrassed. So God said, you know what? I can't use you. You mean to tell me I got to wear these raggedy shoes? 
God said, okay, I can't use you. Well, God, I got to live in this house, this house. Okay, I can't use you because we cannot get our flesh out of the way. Everything has to be perfect for us. It has to be about self. And so we are our own problem. We, everything that God tries to get us to do, we say, God, I just can't do that. I'm hurting right now. You know, I can't do it because I'm a little sore. He said, okay, I can't use you. We always have a reason why we cannot do. So now, he ate locusts and wild honey. Now, this is foolish. Now, this is foolish. He said, man, you could have ate something better than that. Get you a piece of bread. Get you some fish, something. But this is who God chose. Let's finish it up. Let's, uh, let's read verse 7. And preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me. You look at everything he was about. He was not about himself. He was about God. He was only a voice. If only we could be a voice. He said, no, I'm Tony. I'm not no anybody. You think you can talk to me like I'm some dummy? I'm not anybody now. We're not a voice. We're more than that. But this man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself. He said, the one that's coming after me, he's mightier than me. He said, his shoes, I'm not even, I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes in our terminology. He said, I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. Imagine if we had that level of respect for the Lord. I have a question. Yeah. What does it mean when the Bible says that earth is his footstool? He's trying to show us how much further above us and the earth uh, that God is. Uh, heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. I was reading in the book of Revelations and it talks about how uh, this angel had one foot uh, on the sea and the other foot on the land, just representing how big, how massive God is. Uh, even how we were, uh, we were reading how uh, the foolish thing, even God's foolishness is wiser than us. Even his foolishness is just trying to show us how much greater God is. Uh, his thoughts um, are not our thoughts. Even as high as the heaven is above uh, the earth, it's just trying to show us how much greater God is, how much respect we should have for him. This is the respect that John the Baptist is showing right here. He said, man, he's so great. He's so mighty. Look at his word choice. He said, there cometh one mightier than I. He's coming after me, though. He said, I'm not even worthy. I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. I'm not worthy to even do that. So that's what he's meaning about heaven is his throne. God is above us. He's in heaven. He's above us. We're on earth. If God were like us, he would kick his foot up 
on the earth where we live. He'll kick his foot up. That That's kind of what he's trying to get us to see. He's just using that illustration of how the earth is his footstool. And we know that's where we dwell on the earth. But we think we're so smart. Look at how everything that God does, you know, we're just now catching up. I've talked about it uh, before. Even from the very beginning of time, God put Adam into a deep sleep. Today we put people to a deep sleep and we use anesthesia. We just learned how to do that. God did that from the beginning. You know, we learned about the light bulb. See, that's, that's earthly wisdom. We learned about the light bulb. God said, let there be light from the beginning. He turned the lights on. We're just learning about these things. You had talked about night vision. I thought about the animals they can see at night. Yeah. We, we've learned, I talked about that yesterday, we've learned how uh, a man they're searching for, when they're searching for anybody, they'll pull out night vision goggles. They'll use uh, 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 infrared light, searching for heat, thermal signatures, looking for heat. God has been doing that. He created the animals from the beginning. The dogs can see at night. A lot of different animals can see. He created even the eagles. Look at how far they can see past us. We can barely see up the road. We have to go to the doctor. I need some new contacts. I need new glasses. I need to have LASIK eye surgery. We're trying to do all these things, but God is showing us all the time. Look at how much greater I am than you. Look at how much greater he is. We learn, we've got new lights. You know, we come up with LED lights now. We put new lights on the cars, but none of these lights can touch the light of God. He created the sun. We don't have to change the batteries in the sun. We don't have to unscrew the bulb and put a new bulb in the sun. It's continued to give us light. He created these things for his purpose. If we were as smart as we say we are, we should have a light already that never needs to be changed. We should have a battery that never, that never runs down. We should have electricity that never goes out. We're not as smart as we think we are. That's what he's saying. The earth is his footstool. We're learning things after him. We're just now learning a lot of these things. He's been doing them from the beginning. We're trying to catch up to him. He performed the first surgery in the beginning. We're trying to get better and better with surgeries as we speak. And we've made some progress and it seems so amazing to us. You know, we say, wow, they can put a heart in from one person's body in another person, that's incredible. And it is. We say, wow, they can fix your vision. The doctor was telling me, he said, yeah, you can have LASIK eye surgery. I said, man, I don't know if I trust that. I'm, let me get some more contacts. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for that. Sign me up for more contacts. But God has been doing these things from the beginning. We're trying to catch up to him. We've learned a lot of things. 
And I believe it was Daniel. He said, until the end of time, knowledge is going to be increased. But we're still trying to catch up to God. And we're nowhere close. God has been performing surgery. And me, I don't believe there was any recovery time when he woke Adam up. I don't believe he woke up, uh, you know, go home and take these pills, <laughs> take these pain pills for about a week or so. You know, if we were as smart as we say we are, if we compare to God the way we act, we wouldn't need to take those pain pills after the surgery. But we're, we're not on God's level. We have to understand that. And so when God says something, even if it's foolish to us, we have to be willing to listen. He knows what he's talking about. This isn't his first rodeo. <laughs> he knows exactly what he's talking about. But the only people we think know anything is the rich people, the people we see on Facebook. We say, wow, that preacher on Facebook. <laughs> The famous preacher. I remember, I can't tell you how many times I've asked people, you know, hey, man, I'm having a Bible study. You want to come to a Bible study? And one person continued to ask, how many people are going to be there? See, those are the type of things we're looking for. Worldly wisdom. We're looking at how many people are going to be there. Man, if it's just me and you, what does it matter? as long as God's word is being spread. That's what's important. But we're looking at how many people are there. <laughs> we get discouraged because it's not the amount of people that we want. I don't feel that way. I'm not looking at how many people, whether it be five, 10, 15, or 20,000. I'm not going to change the message. So, we're about to wrap it up. Uh, let's read one more verse here. Verse 8. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. This is the foolish message that's going to save us. Water baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost. John came here to start that. He came to start that message. He came here to tell us that foolish message. But there's a lot more foolish things, a lot more foolish things, even that John preached. He told them to be content with even the money they were making. He said, be content with your wages. Now, we know that sounds foolish. He said, man, but I could be making more over there. He said, but be content. We said, man, now that, that's just fool. You're a fool. That, that's just foolish talk. Being content? and I'm not making that much money, why would I be content? You're trying to trick me. You're trying to make a fool out of me. But that's the message of God. Be content. It's a foolish message. But that is the words of God. So I thank God for you guys. Um, I hope you guys have taken something from uh, what was said tonight uh, to continue you on this journey. Uh, and at this time, are there any questions or anything you guys have? Tony. Yes, sir. Just wanted to uh, 
sound a warning that the word of God also sounds. Um, we cannot be saved, the scripture says, without the foolishness of preachers. Um, but we also need to remember that does not excuse us for getting into the word of God ourselves because the scripture warned about those false prophets and false teachers, and they're going to come uh, not giving us the truth and trying to deceive us. So, uh, um, you know, Paul himself said, follow me as I follow Christ. He also said, if the blind lead the blind, they both end up in the ditch. So we need to make sure, uh, because there are a lot of people that will put the man of God that's standing behind the pulpit above God. And um, um, we need to make sure that what is coming across the pulpit is what thus saith the word of God, because he warned in the scripture, you know, there are those that are out there saying, saying the, the Lord said this and the Lord said that when he didn't at all. Um, but I think but brother Vanderford shared this. And if I could, I'll do it really quick. I want to share an illustration that sums up what does you were talking about in the Bible study. Um, Brother Vanderford uh, gave an illustration about this world-renowned speaker that come to speak to this group, and I don't even know what they were going to, he was going to speak to them about, but uh, at the end of the message or speech, he was going to quote the 23rd Psalms to them, and so um, before he gave the speech, he met with the janitor. He, he come across the janitor and asked the janitor, do you know the 23rd Psalm? And he did. And uh, so the janitor, you know, recited it to him. And, and, and so uh, he asked him, he said, whenever I'm done with my speech, would you mind quoting the 23rd Psalm um, at the end of my presentation? And the janitor agreed. So the, the, this world-renowned speaker, he went up, he gave a great speech and all that, and at the end of his speech, he quoted the 23rd Psalm, and you know, he got this great uh, round of applause and all that, and um, um, uh, a show of appreciation, um, and then whenever he was done uh, quoting the 23rd Psalm, after he got that round of applause and um, um, um whatever they did, then the, then the, he asked the janitor to come up. And so the janitor, he came up and he quoted the 23rd Psalm. And as soon as the janitor was finished quoting the 23rd Psalm, I mean, while he was quoting it, they were, they were in tears. The, the whole audience was just moved and he got this standing ovation and all that. And so somebody asked that speaker, what was the difference between when you quoted the 23rd Psalm and the janitor whenever he quoted the 23rd Psalm? He said, it's simple. He said, I know the 23rd Psalm. The janitor knows the good shepherd. That is powerful. You can know the word of God. You can, it, it's more about knowing that that well-renowned speaker, all he knew was the word, 
but it's something different when you know the good shepherd, when you know the Lord for yourself. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so true. Uh, and that's why, you know, we all need to uh, study the word ourselves, you know, uh, even, uh, and I actually was going to go there, but Paul talked about kind of what you were talking about, you know, having, uh, being world renowned as something. Um, Paul talked about how, uh, I think, where was that at? Uh, in Philippians chapter three, he talked about how he was um, a Jew, basically a Hebrew of the Hebrews, how he uh, was a Pharisee. Uh, he started giving all of his qualifications and uh, basically what made him so well respected because people definitely respected Paul. Even uh, when Stephen was killed, we know he had uh, the clothes of the people who stoned Stephen. He was very well respected, but I love how Paul even humbled himself, you know, and he said basically everything that he learned, it was nothing but dumb. It was manure. It was trash. He learned to throw it all away uh, because he learned who the good shepherd actually was. He knew the word of God. Paul knew scripture, but he didn't truly know who God was. So, yeah, that, that, that is good. I actually was going to go to something along those lines, but we definitely, definitely need to um, study God's word and, of course, not put anyone higher. Uh, now, the scripture does tell us to give honor where honor is due. And so we, we, of course, need to respect people and we do need to respect the position because that's what we're called to do is respect uh, a position that a person has. Uh, because we've seen people get in trouble many times for not respecting uh, the position that uh, God placed people in. But at the same time, we do need to recognize that uh, none of us here on earth are God. So we still have to remember that, but we still do have to respect one another. And so sometimes God may be telling me to do something through someone else, I still need to listen to that. I can't say, well, hey, you're not God, so you can't tell me nothing. I only listen to God. Because <laughs> some people have that attitude, only God can tell them. But God is going to choose to tell you a lot of things through someone else. If God was just talking to you directly all the time, why are you going to church? Why are you even reading your Bible? You don't need a Bible. Let God tell it to you. So I see a lot of times people get that twisted and they feel, well, I don't need anybody because I got a Bible for myself. I can read for myself. I don't need nobody. That's a sad way to be because we know that in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. So anyways, uh, at this time, are there, is there anything else you guys had that y'all wanted to say or ask before we wrap it up? Hello. Yes, sir. Hey, back to what you were saying when you was like being um saying stuff back to people only make you foolish. I was being caught up in something like that. I've been catching myself doing it lately, and I see how foolish I really look. If you quiet, that really makes you look stronger. If you quiet, because sooner or later the people sooner or later. They will stop bothering you, but instead of saying stuff that they really make you foolish, I pay attention to that more often. Yeah, because a lot of times people want 
to get a reaction out of you. Uh, <laughs> it kind of catches people by surprise if a person doesn't react. Like people will repeat the same thing over and over to try to get a reaction out of a person. They'll say the same thing just to get you to say something back. And if you don't, you know, they don't really know how to respond to that. You know, imagine if somebody approaches you yelling and cursing at you and you say, you know what, God bless you, you know, you know, everything's going to be okay. They won't know how to respond to that. They'll still be yelling at you, still cursing. But, you know, you've chosen love over what they've chosen. So, you know, love is so powerful. Love is the most powerful thing uh, because the Bible tells us God is love and we know he's the most powerful. So love is so much more powerful uh, than hate, than evil. So, you know, that that's definitely the, the right way to handle things. We don't have to respond to everything. Uh, I think about Jesus, even as uh, they, they were talking to him. No, uh, when the lady was caught in adultery, uh, they were giving all sorts of accusations. And the Bible talked about how uh, Jesus kneeled down and he wrote on the ground as if he didn't even hear them. And, you know, I, I took from that, you know, sometimes it takes us to just go on as if we don't hear people. You know, it's hard to ignore things, though. It really is hard, especially when people are saying some things that we know is true, but it's hurtful. It's, it's that hurtful truth. And we know they're saying it just to hurt us. But we have to learn to just keep moving on as if we don't even hear them because Jesus is going to work it out in the end. And that's what happened in that situation. All of those people left, the accusers left, the lady didn't even know it. So if we would do that, God would run off our accuser, the devil. Uh, even in one place he said, uh, who can lay a charge to God's elect? Nobody can accuse us of any wrong that we did as long as we stay in Christ. So again, I thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Uh, <laughs> I try to, I try to make a habit of saying, I love you guys. Um, that's something, uh, <laughs> I know we talked about yesterday, you know, guys saying, I love you to another guy. You know what that seems like weak. <laughs> it seems like it's weak. Uh, but that's just the foolishness of God. The things of God seem weak to worldly wisdom. Uh, but that's what God has chosen to save us. Uh, because it lets each of us know, you know, we care about each other. And some people really need to know that. Some people really struggle with knowing, wow, somebody cares about me in the world. Somebody really needs to know that. So, again, I thank you guys. Good to see your face, Steph. I like when I see you guys' face. <laughs> but again, thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate you guys, and I pray you guys continue to grow in Christ, continue to allow him to lead and guide you into all truth. So at this time, we will say praise the Lord, uh, and I will see you guys. We will see you guys again next week. Good night. Have, Have a great, great night. night. Have a great night. Have a great night, y'all. I love y'all, man.